What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Yes, she is here, your host of the Red Hot Real Estate Show from Remax Results and the Red Hot Real Estate Group, Miss Mimi Shoneman. Hello, Mimi. Good morning. Hello, hello, hello. Also with us from Caliber Home Loans, welcome back to the show, Shelly Ferris. Hello, Shelly. Good morning, good morning. Glad to be here. Yes, we were talking about our, um, our caffeine, well, maybe not always caffeine, our caffeine intake with some tea so if anybody mm-hmm. out there it turns out that Shelly and I both are um, tea aficionados mm-hmm. so we could talk about that teetotalers yes very much so <laughs> uh, Mimi are you a tea or a coffee person I like them both okay but okay. I'm a regular coffee drinker oh mm-hmm. so you mm-hmm. like the caffeine with the you're not a let's put a bunch of stuff in it coffee person it depends on your mood. Okay. I'm a mood. If, a if, mood. if I'm in a mood, that's when I'll do <laughs> yeah, tea. Yeah. But just on the regular, <laughs> that it's, makes it's sense. the coffee. That makes sense. That makes but sense. But I like flavored coffee. Oh, okay. Hazelnut is the coffee flavor oh, of the day. Okay. I do well one done. cup of coffee in the morning, and my flavor du jour <laughs> right now is um, wild blueberry. Really? It Ooh. is so good. I can't even stand it. See, I haven't <laughs> coffeed in years. All I've day long been... coffee. Really? Oh, oh yeah. Wow. And it doesn't keep me up. I can drink it right before but I go to bed. A lot of people are similar to yeah, you. Where they're I, like, I know that I am the odd one by same. not being a. Uh, I know that people are very big fans of their coffee, so that's why I always go. Well, what do you like? And so I just try to keep it around. So next time I know that if you're coming over, I'll make sure that I buy some coffee, um, so I'm that I can have some. Probably bring my own. Yeah. That's oh, just really? how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to trust my. She doesn't drink this. She doesn't even know. Yeah, so I don't know good. if it if it sounds good. <laughs> who knows? So Shelly, can we please get your NMLS number? Oh, out yes, of way, please. Mine is three six seven. 826 and Caliber Home Loans 15622. Right. So we have a hodgepodge of things to talk about today. It's kind of going to be maybe a little more conversational. Right. And less uh, content specific. Mm-hmm. You know, so Shelly and I were talking uh, about kind of, we. I like to get her, her opinion on what she's seeing in the market from the mortgage perspective. Because believe it or not, if you don't know Shelly, Shelly is a, a data-driven maven. Right. Oh my. And she <laughs> keeps she keeps up <laughs> with all of the people in the know, all of the, the people that predict. Mm-hmm. And I'm a news junkie. That's yeah. Exactly. But and I think that that's... I love that you ponder all of those things because I'm one of those people too and especially with the way that all of our our, our algorithms work on our phones and our, our tablet stuff mm-hmm. you read one article oh, forget now about Google's it. sending me all of the articles <laughs> so all my articles right now are here's what's going on in the mortgage industry and what we're doing with that yep. that Bitcoin stuff I like oh, kind yes. of anything in the cryptos like God. all of these financial related things which is enough to go when should I be concerned and so I appreciate somebody like Shelly disseminating all of that information so we know when to panic and what actually applies to what's going on with your clients over at at Caliber Home Loans or what goes on with your clients over at the Red Hot Real Estate Group. Exactly. Um, So one of the things I think we want to talk about uh, just to kick off the show is new construction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, Shelly, you and I were talking about how right now you're seeing rates and people having to pay points. Mm -hmm. And so let's, first of all, break down what a point is. And let's talk about why you're seeing that. Okay, so the simple definition of a point Mm -hmm. is one 
1% of your mortgage amount. So if your mortgage amount is $100,000, your point is $1,000. If your mortgage is $400,000, your point is $4,000. And that just comes out as extra closing costs. Okay. You use points to buy things. Okay. So you can either buy... Uh, a longer-termed protection for your interest rate. So talking that through is normally when we lock you in, it's a 30-day lock or a 45-day lock, but you're doing new construction. So you need a 90-day lock or a four-month lock or right. a six-month lock. So what does it cost to lock and protect that long is points. We describe okay. it in points. The other thing you can do with points is you can buy down the interest rate. So if the rate today is at five and a half percent, one point might buy you down to five percent. It's not equal. You okay. Don't, you don't buy a point to buy down a whole point. If that were true, we'd It'd be five easier, points yeah. and have no rate, right? right. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. And that's I know that's what right. I do. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's well, try have all the points. Have all the points. <laughs> So, why can't you do that? Yeah, I know. Can I ask you, how does the points system, is that per lender, per per broker? Like, how does the... How are the points determined? Right. So um, points are based off a market. So how is the market moving? How is it disseminating information? I watch the 10-year note. That's what I watch 10-year T-bell all day Mm -hmm. long. That's what's up on my computer, watching it go up Up right now, mm -hmm. up, and then up some more, and then up some more. Right. (laughs) It's like, come on, where's the down, guys? What you're saying is the 10-year note, the T-bell, is directly uh, tied to mortgage rates. So that's right. So that's the bond market. That's the buying and the selling of the bond market that you hear of. And how successful those bond sales are is what indicates then what the next bond price is going to be and how, you know, many people want to grab that or not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's there's so much more to it than that and I don't want to get too deep here. Right. Cuz <laughs> you're not an economist, let's just say. Well, are points always available when you're going through the mortgage process. They are. They're okay. always there. So you could always buy down. There's just sometimes when it's not as appropriate or necessary right. because right. maybe you're like, I'm already getting an interest rate that I'm comfortable with. Right. I don't, I, I think I'm going to close within a, a pretty reasonable amount of time. So I'm not worried that things are going to jump up. But right. with new construction lately, they've needed more safeguards. Right. Okay. okay. And so. the market is such today because we know that. Right now, we're in inflation. Yes. Everybody knows we're in inflation. You hear about it. You go to the grocery store. You pay more for your eggs and milk. We're in mm-hmm. inflation. Gas is higher. We're in inflation. Right. So interest rates hate inflation. Mm-hmm. I mean, interest okay. rates despise inflation. It makes it interest rates feel uncomfortable. Right. The market gets uncomfortable with that because we just don't know how long it's going to last and what it's going to affect next and how deep is it going to go. And so the market doesn't like instability. It doesn't like the unknown. Um, however, interest rates love recession, love, Ah. love, 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 love affair with recession. Mm -hmm. And we know in the mortgage industry and in banks that we are headed for recession. So recession, the definition of recession is two quarters of negative or flat GDP growth in the United States. GDP is gross domestic product. That can be, you know, industry, services, products. Right. So if we go flat for a couple of quarters and it's something we look back at and go, oh, look, we were flat for a couple of quarters. It's not something you're dead in the middle of and go, hey, I think this quarter, next quarter, we're going to be flat because we don't know yet. 
When that happens, interest rates will decline. And that's something we were down. We had mentioned that also when we were talking about on our financial health and wealth show that recessions and those kind of corrections, you can't always guarantee when they're going to happen, but corrections happen. Right. But Mm -hmm. you and I were talking and some of the experts that you say have predicted Mm -hmm. other episodes in Mm -hmm. the past that nobody could have predicted Mm -hmm. are now predicting this yes and they're and they're predicting with dates like they're being specific and they're saying that by the end of the year or the early part of next year so we're six months to about nine months away from being in the recession that Mm -hmm. we know is coming we just don't know how severe we don't know how long all of that when that happens, interest rates will go down. So the people that are clocking today will likely refinance then. And that's why points are associated with almost every interest rate lock today. Because okay. you're not going to like the interest rate that you get if you don't pay a point. It's the part of the mortgage company basically getting the money that they would have gotten over the five-year span had you stayed in that mortgage. Mm-hmm. They're getting it up front as part of points. Okay, so now you're going to refinance. And then we're also in this in-between phase, though, where, Mimi, you've mentioned this before, that even though we are anticipating that things may drop, we don't know when, we don't know. So you still need to start looking at your house now. And like, instead of people waiting, because I have some friends that are like that. They're like, I'm just going to wait. And I'm like, but wait until when? Those are the same things as uh, my friends that are like, I'm going to buy the dip on this stock or on this crypto. Like, when do you know that that dip's going to happen? And now you're still not buying your home. How do you help people reconcile that decision-making process? So supply and demand. Right. Right now, we don't have the supply. Mm-hmm. And and from everyone that I'm following, there is go- not going to be a dip okay. because we already don't have enough product right. for folks to land in. Okay, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, now I lost my train of thought. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just always <laughs> curious because there's always people that are going, well, I'm not going to move right now. And, right. and, they're and like, that's fine. There are people that are telling me when I bought my house in 2020 that I should wait. And now I'm really glad I didn't because things went a different direction. Right, so, 100%. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can't predict the market. Right. Nobody, if you could, you'd be a, a gazillionaire. Right. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so what I'm hearing you say, Shelly, is that currently people are, because they dislike the interest rates that are being quoted, they're mm-hmm. paying, they're coming to the table with points to reduce that interest rate. However, what I also heard you say was that those same people would probably refinance Mm -hmm. when the market dips again. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because we expect the rates to go down certainly into the fours, hopefully back into the threes Mm -hmm. because we are solidly in the fives. Right. I mean, solidly. And if you have a lower credit score, you're in the low sixes. Oh, okay. It's it's stunning. Like mm-hmm. if I look at the trajectory of rates in the last two months, it is stunning. So we're looking at that because it hasn't been seven since I think back when I got my right. house in two thousand six. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Oh it's short lived, but right. I do think that people still today should get their house today because. Mm-hmm. There's going to be less competition out there with these rates increasing. Not as many people are going to want to be jumping in the pool right now and get your house now and refinance to the rate you want later. Exactly. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a few stories of things that uh, folks didn't do that uh, kind of shot themselves in the foot. You can also be part of the show. Call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show.
Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071, also available on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon here with Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and Remax Results, also our friend Shelly Ferris from Caliber Home Loans. Okay. Let's talk about nerves, anxiety, mm-hmm. depression. Um, we see those things on, yes. our, on the regular. These are real estate terms. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, if you're a nervous person, you need to know that about yourself, but you also need to let us know that that's you. Um, Shelly, you had a really interesting story mm-hmm. about someone that you may have worked with, may or may not have, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was nervous. Mm-hmm. You want to tell about, mm-hmm. tell about that? Right. So he um, has been trying to get a house for about six months here and lots of bids, just like a lot of, you know, first time home buyers are doing. And he finally got one. He finally got mm-hmm. one. Hallelujah. Let the saints be praised. He got one. So right. now he's nervous because he got one. Oh, my yes. gosh. I've got a closing date and I'm going to have a payment and I'm borrowing hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I have to and, sign my life right. away on 35 different sheets of right. paper. Yeah, it's a lot. So he's not voicing this to me. He's just delaying getting his stuff into me. Okay. So procrastination is not your friend in the real estate transaction world it is not no no you don't want to run so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say this on behalf of all of the mortgage people that are in that profession especially miss shelly who's Mm -hmm. right here with us when your loan officer says she or he needs something that doesn't mean more than 24 hours that means less than 24 hours right. they need it they're just not, get it done they're just yeah. not kidding about it yeah. and if you can't do that there's a problem and if they're asking you something and you're like well you shouldn't have to there's no such thing as you shouldn't have to it's this is what i'm you know i, I from the process mm-hmm. there's a reason why they're asking you mm-hmm. for it you just need to stop what you're doing and get it to them mm-hmm. if you want to be able to get this house. I promise you we don't ask for more than we want. And I understand <laughs> your... only your... thing is if they ask you how much you weigh, yeah. you don't have to answer that. <laughs> or how, how old you are. Right. You don't have to What's answer that. What's your real hair color? You yeah, don't have no. to answer that. You know, but I understand why people have this anxiety and why you think that, you know, the because the, sometimes it's if you're not asking the questions so that they can acknowledge your anxiety and help you assuage that. Instead, what you do is that you basically, through your actions, self-sabotage because exactly. of you're scared. Right. And so I get that where you're going, oh, no, no, well, I, I need more time to think and I can't move this fast. That's just not the process, though. So, Shelly, so let's just list some of the things that you may ask a consumer for mm-hmm. that they need to go and find and source for you. So, right. so what are some of those things? So there's there's even the basics, like bank statements. Mm-hmm. I need two months bank statements. I don't need two months of printouts of transactional histories because I asked for two months bank statements. That's different. So yes. you've you got to get us the documentation that we need and the bare minimum, two months bank statements. I mean, that's the bare minimum in it when we're asking for an asset. Why do we need that? Well, we need it maybe to see your earnest money check clearing or to see that you have enough cash to close. Well, what if I don't have enough cash to close? Well, then we're going to address it. I mean, you you need to communicate with the loan officer. Why are you not getting me that thing? Okay, so that's just to get it started. What I think that a lot of folks think, well, once I've given you that stuff, there won't be anything else you need. So what are some of the things that you see during the transaction before it fully gets underwritten for closing? Right. Okay. So it could be um, a 
a letter of explanation mm-hmm. on a, a suspicious deposit that right. you have on the bank statement. And suspicious doesn't mean we d- presume you're shady. Right. It just means that it's non-standard. Because yeah. I have a bunch of, because exactly. I have things coming in and the title is this. And it's like, well, that's just what they call themselves. They're legitimate. And so it could be that thing we've talked about, the yard sale money. Mm-hmm. Right. And it show up because yep. you put it in your account. And so... Those little things, they have to actually write it out why that showed up and what was it from. Right. And what, and yeah, how did that deposit occur? And they, it it may or may not be allowed to be used as your cash to close. And if you've thought that you're going to use that now for your cash to close, oh my gosh, now I just handed you another problem. But if you tell me about it, we talk through it and we find the solution together. Okay. So that brings up something else called seasoning. Mm -hmm. And, you need to have defined seasoning for everybody. So the money that you want to use for your transaction needs to be tracked or documented that it's been in your account for 60 days. If it's in another account, well, then you can transfer it to that account. I just need two months bank statements from that account. Right. Don't get a big bag of cash and put it in your sock drawer for two months and then think you're going to deposit that in the bank and use it because it's aged. It could be all kinds of different kinds it of money right now. It made me think of this, though. Like, I have one, like, I do some shows and they pay me through PayPal. And I was just going to leave that in my PayPal account because I'm like, I don't really need it right now, and I'll pay for something through PayPal eventually. I'll leave it over there. Right. And then because I, I talk to you and other people, I'm like, no, put that in your account now because you never know when you're going to have to prove where that money came from. Right. And I don't want to have to sit there and explain to you, well, here's my PayPal transaction. Right. So, I know that yeah. that happened two months ago, but now I just transferred it. So yeah, 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 exactly. And so there are probably lots of things that you need uh, substantial I guess, documentation about one of them, maybe child support, mm-hmm. uh, one of them, uh, spousal maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, what other things do I, you need? I yes, I real similar. I just had a client that was similar in nature to that, where they needed to get some documentation from a federal agency. And um, we literally started the transaction months ago and right. finally just closed it here last week. And, um, didn't get me the document, didn't think we needed it, you know, just bucked it, bucked mm-hmm. it, bucked it, bucked it. Till finally, <laughs> we made him go get it, and he got it the day before we were supposed to close, and it changed the whole transaction. Mm, okay. He didn't think that he paid this maintenance, and he did, and it is county-driven, and he has to pay it, and now we had to offset a debt, and it it just made a mess at the end, right. all because we didn't get the right documentation that we had asked for months prior you can't prepare for something you don't know about so you gotta tell me and so something like spousal maintenance or child support that does not show up on the initial credit pool is that right that's right exactly okay and so you couldn't be held responsible for not knowing about that the consumer has to tell you the true picture you know i I've worked with many people and, and they just don't want to tell you the money situation. Right. You know, it's like they think it doesn't apply. Well, mm-hmm. you know, like for I'll give you a completely separate, uh, for instance, when I'm trying to work out an offer for somebody and we're trying to figure out strategy, if I don't really fully understand your money position, what you could really go. Don't tell me what you kind of can go to. What I really need to know is what you what you fully could if 
if necessary. If necessary. And so, you know, and then we work backwards from that position. And not even if you were like, if you're uncomfortable with the number and you know it's probably going to turn, you know, you can't really do it. That's fair. Say, I, I could get to here. Like there's some things I'm like. Yeah, if I did everything, sapped every account, did all this stuff, called up some ex-boyfriends, asked them for some money, I could get to a certain point. But if that's but am I really going to do that unless it's absolutely the perfect house? No, I'm not calling my ex-boyfriend. So why Mm. am I going to tell you that? Don't include that. Well, just because I don't want to disappoint you. No. okay. so it's not a matter, you know, understanding that there's there's boundaries right and only the consumer can decide this is what my max is right but if i know if i hear you talking about but i could do this if i but i don't want to mm-hmm. okay that's fair yeah but let's understand what you could do yes uh and that especially comes into play with the appraisal gap situation right now right you know if you're putting let's just say 10 percent down on a house You've got that money that you've got to count as part of the package. You've got right. your earnest money, you, which is part of the down payment. You've got your closing costs, which are about 3% of the sale. So I have to make sure that I'm not tripping your truck over. Mm-hmm. If I don't really understand what your full cash position is, then I, I it makes my job a lot harder as your realtor, especially when we're talking about, okay, so let's just say that we've got $70,000 tied up in the down payment and mm-hmm. also in the closing costs. Well, where are you going to get the additional money for the appraisal gap? And so when we, t- when we come back, we can continue talking about that. You can also be part of the show. The number is 651-641-1071. Be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. Also available in a lovely podcast. If you go to MyTalk1071.com, use that keyword Red Hot. Here with Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and also Remax Results and our friend from Caliber Home Loans, Ms. Shelly Ferris. Okay. Um, new construction. So we are seeing anything from uh, six months to two plus years. That is very angst. Two years of trying yes. to wait for your house. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you have to be aware of what's happening in new construction, and especially in their purchase agreements. What we're seeing is more and more builders are coming up with clauses that say that you have to pay the difference in the building cost mm-hmm. materials, even though you don't know what that's going to be. And there's no cap on how high that can go. And so what do you do about something like right. that? That's um, crazy. You can't even lock a rate that's that long. What's right. your very longest rate lock that somebody can One do? One year. One year. Right. Okay. And what does it even take to get that? So a one-year lock, um, you, you, you can do it a number of ways. We have uh, where you can pay an upfront fee. <clears throat> Pardon me. You can pay an upfront fee to do the extended lock, or you can put the extended lock fee into the rate so you lock a little bit higher. Okay. And then it has a float-down feature. So there's two different ways to do it. And so, for instance, so as you're waiting for your new construction to get finished, there's different stages. Of course, you know, if you're buying a spec home or if things are the walls and things are already up and you're waiting on stuff like windows and et cetera, et cetera, you have a better idea of when you're going to be able to do that. So you're trying to time it. Um, now, if you're just if you've just secured your lot yes. and they haven't started digging yet, which, you know, now that, that spring is here, you know, so much so much is 
is happening in that world. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, Shelley, if if we've got a client that wants to start new construction and we've got a lot and we're ready to go, what do they need to do with you? So we definitely want to do the whole approval process. We okay. want to make sure that we have all of their current documentation because that's something else that can change during the transaction too, you know? Right. Shelly, can I not change my job? You know, they, I get that question all the time. Right. You know, I've got this great job opportunity. Well, if it's in the same industry and it's paid similarly, we're not going to stand in the way of you but, getting a raise. But, but if it's substantially commission right. versus yeah. W-2s, then, no. then the answer is no. No, right? 100%. You've got to wait no. until your house is done. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But I'm going to make more money, Shelly. We don't know that. Yeah, we right. won't know that until we review it for two years and compare and contrast that's when we know if you made more money i mean and nobody can know what's going to happen in two years you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow um so you do have to kind of you have to have the temperance to be able to understand that there's going to be so many unknowns and the then the discomfort level is going to be extraordinarily high so that's the conversation that you're having with people that are like hey i've been looking around i don't like any of the 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 guts and the bones of any of the houses we've seen i'm a build mine from scratch so it looks exactly what i want and so then you start telling me all right we're gonna find the lot and then we're going to, you know, be in a two-year holding pattern. Well, Is that what you say at front? Here's the thing I think that most folks don't understand. Is so much of new construction is not listed on the MLS. Okay. okay. So if you're looking for new construction and you're not seeing a whole lot of choices, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And that's another example of why you would want to contact a real estate professional like our group and help you to figure out different options with different builders. Now, there's different reputations of different builders that's known on the in the industry. And you definitely want to take advantage of your real estate professional's knowledge of either if they know already or if they can help you do the research about it right. so that they are, are you saying that certain builders might have a reputation of finishing on time it, or exactly or, okay gotcha that's mm-hmm. one thing um litigation also too if you can find any information about uh current for sure or previous litigation that will tell you a little bit um and then just driving by finished product and seeing how the builder, you know, what it looks like, maybe knocking on some doors and seeing if neighbors have opinions about it. Um, and neighbors always have opinions about it. So <laughs> you can do that easy enough. It's it's the easiest research on the planet. Right. Yeah. And that's invaluable information. That's a great tip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as like reading the purchase agreement, they can be as short as a as a regular board, a new construction purchase agreement, which is probably 20 ish pages or it can be some of your big builders have 120 pages won't even fit in your copier Mm -hmm. um and and that (laughs) is for real and so you know that's great you can sit around and read and it's not like it's it's uh rocket science that you can't figure it out but these are contracts and documents that we have experience reviewing and may be able to help you make some decisions about things um, so, and, and the nice thing is, is we also negotiate fees and commissions with the builder. Um, so whatever we can negotiate with the builder will also reduce the consumer's commission obligation. Right, right. You don't pay the realtor. So it's well, like getting maybe. a free attorney. <laughs> maybe you don't. Maybe mm-hmm. you do. See, that's the thing. Um, not always is it free. 
because um, you have to negotiate with any seller for what commission that your real estate professional gets. That is not a guarantee. And so whatever you have in your buyer rep agreement uh, between you and your buyer rep agent, that is what you are literally on the hook for. If they can't negotiate with the seller, then that is a fee that you would have to pay. Um, So we try and negotiate with with all sellers to pay fees. Can I ask you, um, when you're doing this new construction, and we're saying it's two years out, do they reappraise the house once it's done, and then you have to reappraise? Like, how does that part work? So the appraisal part, I'll let you talk about mm-hmm. that, Shelly, right. because That's it's really more right. mortgage-tied. Okay. Right, so... That's exactly right. So they'll do the appraisal today mm-hmm. based off of the comps in the area today, based off of your plans and specs that you've written up as part of your purchase agreement with your builder. So they'll they'll appraise the home as though it's there today and it's finished. That's the initial appraisal. And then they go back out again and they um, make sure that it's done based off of the plans and specs. But if it's expired, which is four months on yes. an appraisal, mm-hmm. which it would be after a two-year time, you better hope that the comps in the area are still there. You know what I mean? I mean, we don't see anything but values going up. But it, if we had a correction, that would certainly affect so, your end value. Just because we don't have a crystal ball again, what you could right. do is I'm going to start building my dream home. Then you build it. And you, when you started the process, you can afford it. And then two years from now, now you can't afford this house right. that you built fascinating okay hundred percent yeah I mean what happens if if you have an injury on your job and you become disabled and you no longer able to work Mm -hmm. right you know and then you've got this enormous down payment down with the builder right you know so you're hoping that things keep appreciating and that you would be able to get your earnest money back that the builder would cancel and sell it for a higher amount of money but again all of this requires negotiation and it's a case-by-case basis um, and it's that it it is very fear invoking. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. When you're putting a large amount of money down and you are waiting, for it's, that long. it's not mm-hmm. fun to wait. And you need that representation. Right. You're just you got to have a real turn fall. Mm-hmm. You just do. Well, you know, it. they go smoother. <laughs> I think it helps to have another set of eyes on the whole situation as you're going through it. Um, you know, we sit down and help folks pick out your selections, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that that goes a long way as well. When you're thinking about when you're picking every little thing. Now, some builders will allow you to pick every little thing and some builders have, have already narrowed it down for you to one or two or four choices. And so even though if you've never sat down and figured out like selections, that can that can be analysis paralysis. Too. Right. Right. So you definitely want yeah, I think it's helpful because I think that the the tendency when you go to a model is that that's exactly how you want it. Right. When when the way you saw it is how you want it, but everything you see in the model has already been upgraded. Yes. It's the best of the best. Right. And so when the base price is quoted to you, then you're like, okay, well that's what I want and that's what I saw. But then when you sit down to to do the selections, and like and, what you saw was this, right? Mm-hmm. And literally, it can be hundreds of thousands of dollars. It can be. It goes fast. Mm-hmm. It really fast. Goes so fast. Yes. And then you got to talk to your your mortgage person right. to make sure. So we started out looking at let's just say four hundred thousand because you qualify for that. But with your with your champagne taste, mm-hmm. that has taken you to five fifty. Yes, right. right, exactly. So what ha- what well, happens in those situations? Thing. Oh well, then we have to figure out, right? So what now? What do we do we 
we look at maybe a different loan product. Um, I locked an arm for the first time in 10 years this week. And remind everybody what arm is. because So we an don't arm hear is an adjustable often. rate mortgage, ARM, mm-hmm. adjustable rate mortgage. Now, there's many different kinds of arms, and this was a hybrid arm where it's fixed for five years, and then it will adjust after that. So she felt that it was a much better risk to do that. And know that sometime in the next few years here we'll be in recession and she'll be able to lock at a lower right. rate than what she would be able to do right now. So let me ask you this question because when I hear the word arm, I don't like it mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. because yeah. I, we've we, all lived through all exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. Oh, I went through that. So, but I would say that the people who would want to do an arm needs to be very very well educated yes. about exactly the risks mm-hmm. that could happen mm-hmm. and so would they not have qualified in any other program arm was the only choice nope she qualified beautifully at a 30-year fix it just is a higher rate than she was willing to write the check out for mm-hmm. the payment was affected so much that the she, and she qualified fine. She has no problems with that at all. She just wants to save the money for right the now. few years. And right. So, and there was at least a percent and a half difference between okay. the so fixed and the... One and a half. One and a half percent okay. interest rate reduction. Yes. All right. So I'm not going to ask you to calculate that payment <laughs> right here on the it was, fly. It was about $350 a month difference mm-hmm. for her. So Okay. So... Yeah. She's planning on refining when the when the yep. thing. Okay, so so she just has to stay on it. Let's though. talk That's about I mean. yeah. mm-hmm. let's talk about the life of a mortgage person when we're <sighs> in a refi boom. <laughs> okay, do you sleep? Oh, sometimes. I mean, so seriously, <laughs> you had no idea. It, yeah. Everybody coming at you at right. the same time to refinance right. at the same time, and that's why they put. And this might shock people to know, but they put purchases in priority queue mm-hmm. over refinances. Mm-hmm. And so is there a reason for that? Right, because you're already in your house. You know, as a refinance, you're already in your house. They're, generally speaking, refinances aren't as Urgent. cumbersome or yeah. difficult as a purchase might be. Um, but, yeah, purchases have closing dates. Purchases have other people relying on that closing date happening. So there's chains of people that, you know, maybe the seller needs their proceeds so they can buy something else or pay something else right. off or whatever, whatever. So purchases are always put First, absolutely. But that I mean right behind it are refinances. Mm-hmm. It's not like we just let them sit and burn. <laughs> right. In the back burner, Maybe you but, don't, yeah. but right. I have heard stories. <laughs> oh, my. So, <laughs> we can't do that. No. <laughs> All right. Well, when we come back, we'll keep talking about uh, the new construction, lock rates, and all kinds of good stories. And you can also be part of the show. Call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. Also on MyTalk1071.com. Use that keyword Red Hot. Here with Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and our good friend Shelly Ferris from Caliber Home Loans. You still have time to call in if you've had any questions that you've been sitting on today. You can call us at 651 641 1071. Well, one of the things that we really haven't talked about much is the war in Ukraine. Um, and so we, we all know when there's uncertainty anywhere, anything that that does affect the financial markets. So Shelly, from your perspective, from the mortgage side of the world, how have you seen this war affect your clients Mm -hmm. and their ability to purchase and Mm -hmm. all of those things? Right. So ever since the war began, um, you know, it, it, war is scary and it creates like just like Mimi said, volatility in the markets. Volatility is unpredictable. It disrupts, uh, disrupts supply chains, gas and oil. Uh, the war is unpredictable. And, you know, none of us thought 
six weeks ago a nuclear site would be bombed. I mean, these are the things that affect the world as a whole, not just that area over there, but the world as a whole. And so um, oil has a direct correlation to interest rates. And <clears throat> pardon me, I, I've, I've noticed this my whole career. If gas prices go down, interest rates go down. If gas prices go up, interest rates go up. I'm telling you, (laughs) I'm telling you, you can't read this anywhere. Right. It's just my own observation. Reality. People think I'm nuts when I say it, but I'm telling you. (laughs) Well, maybe they think I'm nuts. So your mortgage predictor is at the the gas pump. (laughs) That's what what we're saying. So, but for the foreseeable future, we're going to be volatile. We're going to be unpredictable. You know, alliances are being drawn, some surprising ones. This can change the course of war. And we're definitely, you know, Moscow is has has a seat at the table on what's right. going to happen with all of this. So as we've discussed many times before, the market, when it feels like it's on shaky ground, it doesn't like it. It's right. like a toddler. It wants to know what tomorrow holds. You know, what the Fed chairman's going to do or what the White House is going to do or the Justice Department or the guy waging war. What's going to happen next? The market wants to wants predictability. And right now it's not having that. And that's why the interest rates just keep going up and up and up and up because of the fear. Right. And when we started the year out, correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't we like in the low fours? We were in the low threes. Low threes. Yeah, even lower. Okay, for good credit. Yes, exactly. And so that brings up a separate point. Mm -hmm. You know, if you are really having, you know, if you're just like, I can't do it, blah, blah, blah. You know, you can do a lot with your rate if you work on your credit score. Right, so true. How much, In okay, say for instance, how much can somebody improve their credit in three months? Um, you can improve your credit 100 points in three months. Wow, okay. And, uh, really not that difficult. Okay, so yeah. that's the first place you'd want to start right. if, if your rate is ridiculous. Yes. And so to improve, let's just say, some, what would be a, a rate that you think is low that needed to be improved? So um, I have a client right now that we're struggling because their credit score, um, his is 626 and hers is 639. So they're both in the 620 to 639 bucket the lowest conventional bucket that can get a conventional okay. mortgage. And the interest rate is six and an eighth with a point. Okay. I said six. Did you hear me say right. six? I mean, it's, you don't want that rate. You don't want that payment. You know, oh, we'll just get it now and then we'll fix our credit. And No, you didn't fix your credit the last 10 years. You're not right. going to fix it in the next six months after you get your house. Fix it now. And so your advice would be that they would do what? Um, try to find money to pay off debt? Right. We'll, we'll assess your credit. I, I suggest that they call me like these clients did. Mm-hmm. We pulled the credit. I, I did the what if simulator. We have a plan on how to get the credit score up. It's, they've got limited credit. So for these folks, they need to get additional credit in order to get their score up. So it's not just paying off debt. Their debt is low. They need to get additional credit. And then I'm hoping that they can get like on somebody else's credit card. So a longer history can just dump into their profile and lift their credit scores quickly. And we've recently seen that together with right. clients yes. that had new credit um, and they needed it to be longer. Mm-hmm. And so we sometimes it makes sense to not have a significant other on the on the mortgage or on right. the purchase agreement, right. because by doing that, that does what to this whole situation? Right. So sometimes it 
makes it a worse situation when you have the other person on the transaction, depending on how their income situation is going to work out or what their debts bring to the table if their income doesn't cover those. So usually two people on is a better situation, but sometimes not, depending on who the other person is. But you really need, you know, then we look at the program, kind of like what we did with those folks, Mimi. We looked at the program and decided another program was a better fit for them. They could go higher, buy more house with just the one person on the loan. So we assess the whole gitchy. Okay. So, you know, just know that that's, this is the whole reason dealing with a local experienced seasoned yes (laughs) to come full circle yes um so because these are the kind of scenarios when something maybe seems so obvious and you know you go one place and they tell you one thing you think well i'm done you know i I can't but you need a second opinion Mm -hmm. right a second opinion with someone who has a history of of experience you can never never uh, replace good experience mm-hmm. but uh, you also want someone that can that will take the time to explain to you why it's mm-hmm. a no mm-hmm. or why it's a not today right. because i could see a scenario where this a couple goes in and they're like well two incomes are better than one and you're right. like no but not in this scenario right. and a lot of times they'll just tell you no but listen yeah. so y'all when you're in the middle of it when you're in the thick of it and you've received the notice that you know highest and best you know bring your thing that is not the time to be having your strategy session. Fair enough. That mm-hmm. should have been beforehand and mm-hmm. the only to be reactive if necessary, not because you didn't do the planning up front. Right. And so when they sit down with you, Shelly, they get a consultation mm-hmm. and you kind of go over the, the things. Um, you know, that's really, really important. You, you don't get a consultation when you do the online portals. Mm-hmm. You just don't. And you don't get to look at her pretty blue eyes. <laughs> You know, or get candy at the desk, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about a story that you had uh, with a VA buyer and new construction. Yes. So um, gentleman purchased a home, had had one built, pardon me, seven month process. Finally get the uh, appraisal at the end of the transaction. There was they. Couldn't decide on add-ons and all that, so I couldn't get an amendment to the purchase agreement. So we did the appraisal in the ninth hour. It's another reason why you don't want to do stuff in the ninth hour. And the appraisal comes in ten percent low. Wow. So the purchase price was six fifty, and the appraisal came in sixty thousand dollars lower than that. Mm-hmm. So now we scramble. So first, what we do is we take the appraisal and we go, "Hmm, is is this a real appraisal? Is did he make a mistake? Did he like skip comps that he should have used, etc." In this case, he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so we sent the appraisal. We, we 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 marked it up and we sent it back to the VA and said, "Hey, take a look at this for us. We we think he missed some things here." And uh, the VA agreed with the VA appraiser. Okay. So in this case, the veteran had to come up with the difference mm-hmm. um, so that he could close. Um, but that's again, that's why you don't delay till the end. Right. If we would have known what the value was going to come in, uh, even a month before closing, it would have been a lot better than scrambling and trying to fix everything at the end and and overall let's just have these conversations as as regularly as you can when you're mm-hmm. working with Mimi and Shelly just to cut cut your stress down you know uh, the thing about veterans the, the the beautiful thing is they do have the program it's a zero down program mm-hmm. but the regulations uh, with the VA appraiser that that stays with their record for six months mm-hmm. so you know challenging it is your only option but then that 
that figure stays with that particular property six months, Shelley. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, There's no getting around it. And maybe if this particular veteran would have just put the money down to begin with, maybe that would have been a better program for them at all, you know, all around. Not always is the VA program the best program right. for, for veterans. But at the time we looked at it and we do this, we looked at it and said, okay, since you're going to put money down, should we go conventional now? Well, guess what? Now we have mortgage insurance. Yeah. You don't mm-hmm. have mortgage insurance on a VA loan. So we kept comparing and contrasting and just sticking with the VA with the 10% down was the way to go. Okay. Right. So if you'd like to reach out to us during the week, you can reach us at 651-578-2218 or Mimi at mnredhotrealestate.com. And Shelly? Myself, 612-839-6918. We always encourage you to listen to this episode and previous episodes. Just go to our website, mytalk1071.com, keyword red hot.